Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and I'm going to be talking about Big Little Lies Season 1 Episode 7. It is called You Get What You Need. And it is of course the season finale. Uh, full spoilers for the episode uh, as always. So yeah, finale time. Just just, just in time in fact for uh, Season 2. This will be going up the day of the, the new season premiering. Uh, I'm recording this the night before. So yes, yeah, so I... I so season two, we'll have season two's first review up uh, in a couple of days' time, or, or less even. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I suppose I have to start with the big thing, right? I have to start with the 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 ending. I have to sort of, or at least start with that plot, because I, I mean, once again, we're we're really talking about Celeste and Perry, like who certainly with the finale kind of solidifies that they were the the central, most important plot. Not that the hills weren't important, just in the sense that they are definitely the central focus. They're the, the one where a lot of it hinges on. They're the, the, the plot that kind of is the main driving force and uh, at least late on in the season. And yeah, it starts off fantastically. Uh, you know, once again, Perry's been abusive and but it, it does this great thing in the direction where it focuses on the sound coming out of this, uh, I think, an air duct or air vent or whatever. And it, we return to this shot later, and we see that their kids are actually hearing this. Uh, but they're, you know, they're, they're putting their headphones on to not to 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 mask it. Um, and again, it's just we start off in this, this situation again. Uh, you know, Celeste is on the floor. It's it's very disturbing. She ends up, you know, after this, going straight to the therapist, and the therapist like try to give her advice, and she's but she's more distraught this time. Not to gloss over, of course, uh, the scene where a uh, young Max you know, almost catches them, sort of comes in and Perry has to kind of run out and kind of like stop him and like, you know, pretend everything's okay kind of thing. So we have that going on, but, um, you know, and she, 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 she kind of agrees that she's going to do it. She agrees that she's getting ready. Uh, she, we have this montage of, of Celeste getting the apartment ready, uh, making sure there's beds for the kids, stocking the fridge, everything, everything that the therapist told her to do. And it's very emotional for her. She, she breaks down and she, she cries as she's doing this. Uh, she's holding her stomach a lot because that's where she was kicked, um, or punched rather. She was punched there. I'm thinking of later on in the episode, but she was punched at the start of the episode in her stomach. And all of this, again, it's the natural kind of like build up of, of, uh, where it's been going and implying that the kids are hearing because uh, that's the other thing the therapist says when she goes to see her is that you know before he starts hitting the children and she kind of defends him again says no he doesn't do that and she's like no he will like he might not yet but he will and she's in denial that it's affecting the children she is convinced that it's not affecting her children and that kind of leads us to i mean i guess i'm bringing in some of the other plots because i kind of have to here because uh, everything ends up interjecting with them is that we do find out the culprit behind behind Amabella. Uh, Ziggy's pretending to stay home from school. And, or sorry, he's not, pre- he's not pretending to stay home from school. He's staying home from school by pretending to be sick. That's what I meant to say. And, you know, Jane kind of calls him out on it and says, what's up? Well, why do you not want to go in? Is this to do with, you know, the kids not being friends with you kind of thing? And he's like, no, I've got, I've got tons of friends. And he even mentions Amabella's name. And she's like, do you know who's hurting Amabella? And he kind of implies, you know, he indicates that he does, but he's not supposed to say it because she made him promise not to say because she's scared. And she gets around this by kind of convincing him that, okay, you, you made a promise not to tell anyone, but you didn't make a promise not to point at someone. So 
which is, is, is very neat because it, it ties back into that that orientation scene back in episode one where he was pointed at right you know it's just the pointing's coming back she's almost like bringing that back to kind of find out who's really behind it and he points at max he points at uh celeste and perry's son and this makes so much thematic sense like this is this is a perfect reveal uh, I, I know I was a little bit concerned in the middle that maybe an adult was behind it because just because I thought it was going to get really dark as if as if it wasn't dark enough already. Um, but the idea that this is rubbing off on his son, that this behavior is manifesting in his son is is just genius. I immediately liked this. I immediately liked what what this was doing. And Jane calls up Celeste and wants to tell her to her face. You know, she doesn't want to go to school first or go to the other parents. She wants to tell Celeste face to face. Hey. Ziggy pointed to Max and kind of explains that she thinks she's telling the truth. It sounds like he is telling the truth. And, you know, obviously Celeste is shocked for a second. And, you know, depending on, you know, if this was earlier on the show, she might have, like, tried to fight back in the same way that Jane fought back or uh, the same way that Renata, you would think, might fight back if she was accused of this, given, <laughs> given how we've seen her react with everything else. But she just kind of stands there and contemplates it and really takes it in. And... You know, talks about because it's it's not just Amabella, it's you know some other girl as well that he pushed down the stairs, and and Jane tries to comfort her, and J- Jane says you know, like you know kids you know they can be bullies at times they grow out of it you know you just have to you know whatever and Celeste says some don't sometimes they don't um and it's the moment you know it's like she was already like preparing the apartment she was already like getting that ready but this is. This is kind of the moment where she realized that it's affected her children. Uh, that was the one thing she was denying up until this point. Uh, this is the, the final straw, uh, as it were. And she goes home and she talks to Max and she's, you know, she she asks him to be honest and she she you know she assures him that, you know, if you've done something wrong, people make mistakes, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, we'll get past it, you can be better and you know, typical like yeah, kid parent stuff, but emotional. And so all all this is setting up, and it, it, it you know it's it's the final straw for 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 this, and it, it makes it's a perfect reveal because like I say, it makes sense because of thematically what we're doing, uh, and it, it it really neatly ties itself into this other plot. It ties in this plot that Celeste has had almost nothing to do with the entire season, and not in a way that feels forced, not in a way that feels like it doesn't feel like oh this is just a a a a a a connection just so that they connect it, it it feels so natural and makes so much sense uh and from there you know we're, we've been building up to this 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 trivia night this this elvis and audrey hepburn trivia night and we see everyone getting ready but mainly celeste and perry we're talking about uh the scene where your heart just kind of sinks is when perry comes in and he's you know celeste is with the boys one of them's got a loose tooth and he's like, oh, what's this about Liz Tooth? He's like, oh, it's a, a so-and-so called. I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll say Jenny. I mean, I, I don't remember what the name was. He's like, oh, Jenny left a message. Uh, and she's like, Jenny? I don't know a Jenny. And there's like a sort of pause because he's like talking to the boys as well, sort of in between. And he's like, oh, property manager. And he doesn't even look at her as he says this. He says, you know, that they're calling to check that they're putting the smoke alarms in the apartment on Monday. And then he looks at her. And this scene is so well done. And it was earlier on, I think I think it's when, maybe when Celeste finds out, there's a, another cut to uh, 
the sound of the, the beating from the start of the episode coming through the, the vent, except this time we see Max actually is paying attention to it. And, um, you know, I just I like that moment in direction, which is why I, I thought of it, but the direction here is so good. The way it handles the beats between the actors in this, you know, they can't really act out because they're in front of the kids. So they just kind of have to go through the motions, but it feels so tense. Uh, and then the other moment, of course, that feels really tense is when they actually, they're a little bit late, and when they, they're pulling up to the party, Perry decides not to stop. He then, he drives straight on and goes around to some car park. And, but as soon as he starts driving away, and she's like, why, why where are we going? You you begin to worry, you know, there's a, there's a natural tension here, because what is he considering doing, if he's considering something at all? What does he have in mind? Where could this lead? Because we know there's a murder coming up. <laughs> there's a murder happening. We've been knowing this since episode one. That on this trivia night, there's going to be a murder. And he he's, you know, he's typical guy Perry. He's like, what are you going to tell me? And immediately says, I know I've got these demons, you know, and I'm fighting them, I'm fighting them. You know, I agree, this has to change. But for you to all of a sudden, and she's like, no, it's not all of a sudden. <laughs> like, this has been building for a long time. And, you know, he even says one of the things that Celeste had said a lot in therapy, you know, you've been violent too. And she's like, well, yeah, only in retaliation to you. Like, she's she's done pretending that she is equal in this, that, that she is just as guilty as he is. Uh, she's ready to admit that, no, no, no this, that, that was in retaliation. I am clearly the victim between the two of us here. There's, there's no debate in this. Uh, you know, and keep in mind, at this point, he's locked the car door. She can't get out. Uh, and the, the reason why she does get out is because it just so happens that Renata and Gordon kind of like uh, peek up and say hi, cause, uh, and that you know at the window, and she gets out and she kind of immediately just bolts to the party as quick as she can in her in her heels, and uh, he's kind of you know and what you know wandering in after trying to like get to her. And what I really like about this uh, this whole section of the the episode is it really feels that this this how do I describe this like. There's this threat of him with her, but there's people everywhere, and he's constantly trying to get to her. But he keeps being, you know, spoken to by other fathers, other mothers, who are, you, know, for, for, you know, at the party, who are wanting to like make small talk with him, and he's having to pretend to be okay. But he's trying to get to her, uh, and you feel like, yeah, keep in front of everyone. That's probably the safest place right now, kind of thing. Um, so full attention, and you know, and Gordon's not very helpful. He's just like trying to get him to drink more. Uh, you know, and we'll talk about Gordon a little bit uh, later, but um, and it's all kind of boiling over. And it's, it's you know this by this point in the episode, Madeline and and Jane are off at the staircase where we know the murder happens. Uh, because you know Madeline gets upset while Stead singing because he's singing this romantic song. He's kind of you know gesturing that it's and looking at her as if it's it's about her, and she can't take it anymore because of the affair. But we'll I mean we'll get into that a little bit more uh, later. But so they're already around there, and then uh, you know uh, uh, Celeste tells Renata about about Max, uh, about him being the one that was hurting hurting Amabella. And this leads to to Renata actually coming round to see Jane to tell her that she's sorry for for blaming Ziggy and and you know apologizing for her behavior. And Madeline even kind of you know uh, gets in on the apology train a little bit and says you're you're you know you're a big person kind of thing. So every, everyone's kind of at this place and um, but you know but at this point like four of the ladies are there and then the one who's not, which is Bonnie, who eventually goes down there because she actually sees Celeste go off looking worried 
and then watches Perry go off kind of in that direction as well. I, I think there's some heavy implications here uh, that Bonnie recognizes what assault or not not assault i mean when she would recognize what assault looks like but what i meant to say is that she recognizes uh the potential for abuse like she recognizes the body language she recognizes what this looks like uh, and by the time she gets down there all hell's broken loose and he he comes down and i'm being a, a lot more descriptive about action in this episode like you know i'm, I'm just kind of reiterating what happened in the scene because uh, i'm building up to the moment i'm building up to the moment i want to talk about because uh, I think this scene is wonderful, uh, for the most part, in a lot of ways. It's wonderful because when he comes in, and of course, um, obviously the episode actually cuts away from the scene uh, before the action really starts. We see what the action was uh, sort of cut up later uh, through a montage, uh, which reveals what really happened on the staircase. And, you know, Perry shows up and he's like, hey Celeste, we need to go talk about this. And he gets really snappy with, with Renata, I'm talking to my wife. And, you know, the tone has completely changed. And keep in mind, from, from Madeline's point of view, like, their marriage has been fine. She's kind of been a, a, ambivalent to, to, to what's been going on. Um, and it's kind of escalating. And well, like, later on, you know, once he starts attacking uh, Celeste, and in turn, kind of all of them, because they all kind of start to try and fight him off. So he's kind of pushing and punching a lot of them. Um, I really like this scene when we see it later on on Intercut because it really has this feeling of every, like all of them really unite to try and like fight back the the awful person, the the villain, um, the, this character who has really come to represent like the most toxic of male entities, uh, and of course eventually Bonnie like runs up and pushes him down the stairs, and that's who they're protecting when they all lie. It was Bonnie technically who is the 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 murderer, and you know. As the police talk about, they're talking about how it's basically a self-defense, you know, it'll be community service, probably not even a lot of it because of the situation that, that Celeste is in, but they don't know it's Bonnie. Uh, but they're protecting Bonnie. Bo Bonnie's the one who does this. And it kind of, it's this weird experience that unites them all, and it's this idea of, like, going back to the scene like an episode or two ago with, them all, you know, the three of them running together, this, now it's extended to Renat and Bonnie. And it's a really powerful scene, uh, because of that, I, I really like that that element of it. The the, the way the, the scene's directed, both before the cut and then later on in the montage when we see the, the full action play out, is really really good. The one part I don't like, and it's probably obvious because you've seen the episode if you're watching me talk about this. The one part I don't like is the reveal, and it's maybe the only thing that I don't like in the entire show. And it's a shame because it's at the ending. And I think the rest of this episode is fantastic. I think the rest of this episode, the way it's shot is fantastic. The way the performances play out are fantastic. Uh, everything with Celeste and Perry and the tension of him knowing about the apartment and trying to uh, confront her about it, both in the car and at the party. The way, the, the feeling, the, the pit of your stomach that entire time is phenomenal. So I don't want this to like dampen my all my positivity because I, I don't mean it to be like that. But they reveal here that Perry is Jane's rapist immediately did not sit with me. And the, the moment itself is well executed in terms of the direction and performances. I do love that Jane like recognizes them and she just gives Madeline this look. And Madeline just kind of gets it. And then she looks at Celeste who's looking at both of them and then Celeste gets it. 
I love that the three of them who know about obviously Renata wouldn't get it because she doesn't know what's happened in Jane's past necessarily uh, to the same extent that they have, but they get it. They understand it. Um, and that's really effectively done. But the actual reveal itself, that he's the rapist and Ziggy's father, so Max and Ziggy are actually uh, related, they're brothers, or half-brothers, f- feels unnecessary to me. It feels unnecessary because I think everything else I loved about this scene, you didn't need this to make it work like that. Um, and then on top of that, I think it's unnecessary because I, I don't think that Jane needed... Like, I don't think we needed to find out who he was. Like I, I actually think there was more strength in it. Or, and when I say strength, strength in the, the plot and strength in the message of the show that we didn't find out that, that, that there was this mystery she could never really complete and not because like it's impossible in real life to you know to to get that kind of closure but because for jane what what's going to heal her is not knowing who he is or where he is what's going to heal her is her moving on it's her accepting that maybe she can't have revenge it's her accepting uh to find strength in the people around her it's her accepting to move on and you know date the guy from the coffee shop which by the way i did laugh out loud when uh jane was like you're not gay? And he's like, what? <laughs> that, was, that was a great joke because I'm pretty sure it was earlier episode one or two where Madeline said he was gay. Uh, and that's, that's a really funny joke to me. Uh, they, they never mentioned that again. It wasn't like a running thing all season. They just like went quiet on it. And at the very last episode, they have the payoff to it. I, I really like that. Uh, but you know, that, that's, what, that's Jane moving on. That's Jane getting healthier. That's her closure uh, as a character arc. So I don't think it's necessary. I, I, I felt like Jane's story, bet, between like her accepting a date, between her, um, you know, getting the truth from Ziggy and actually being able to, you know, to tell this to Celeste and especially, you know, make amends with with Renata, uh, I felt like the, her story was 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 for her own plot was kind of done, and I I don't think we needed this 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 resolution. And then the actual just twist itself that, oh, you know, Perry's also the same monster who did this. I'll be honest, it feels a little bit convoluted and a bit trashy. It feels, to me, it feels like a really cheap TV twist, or I guess in this case, a really cheap uh, book twist, you know, in the novel. I, I don't, it, it just, everything else in this show does not feel like that. Everything else in this show feels so thought out and so authentic in its execution and what it's doing. This reveal is the one sort of blemish, I think, where it feels like, no, you wanted the cheap TV, like, gotcha moment. And I don't think it needed it. I really don't. And especially since the reveal of who the the, the child abuser was earlier on with Max, I thought that was a perfect reveal that made complete sense. And this just feels like, maybe if I go back and watch again, maybe there'll be like a hint or two that makes more sense, but... You know, it's not like it was even in this town that this happened, you know? like, And I know Perry travels a lot, and, like, it is in the same state, I think, if I remember right. But, like, you know, like, this is such a coincidence. It's such a coincidence. And I am okay with starting your story with a coincidence, because that's what kicks the story off, because things just happen. But ending your story with a coincidence that connects two things that weren't connected before... Um, can go really poorly, and I I think this reveal for me just felt kind of cheap. Um, 
even though the execution and everything around it and how it was handled is all very good. I just think the core reveal that he's also Jane's rapist just did not sit well with me. Uh, which is a shame. Which is a shame. Uh, but like I say, I love everything else about the execution of the, the moment itself and uh, all the ladies banding together and finding strength in each other to survive kind of thing. Like all, all that kind of obvious symbolism I really liked and thought it was well handled. Uh, and I suppose I should rewind and, you know, obviously there's a funeral scene and, you know, we ended the, the, the show, or the season, rather, because it, it was meant to be a miniseries at first, and now there's a season two, but, uh, you know, with all the kids running the beach, all happy, uh, all the mothers together, um, you know, and there's a lot of closure in this episode, you know, uh, Madeline has a great zinger for, for Nathan, when Nathan's, you know, talking about going to, like, a, a teenage therapist for, for Abby, and talks about how, oh, I mean, divorce can be stressful for, for a kid, and... Madeline says, oh, I wish I knew that when I when I walked out. Oh, wait, did I? And it's this zinger, but it actually follows up with him saying, you know, I actually root for you. And she's like, oh, I appreciate that. You know, there's, there's a lot of little closure moments in this episode, uh, which is which is great. Because it, it's one of those things, because again, Madeline and Ed, like, they didn't feel the need to have the big, like, conversation. Like, I, I actually had the impression last episode that Ed kind of knew and just didn't want to hear about it from the conversation. This episode felt a little bit different in that sense, where Madeline was still terrified of him finding out and was getting really emotional about it. Um, you know, and I think she'll find the courage. I mean, it's maybe something we'll get in season two, is her, her just fly out telling Ed about the affair, but... Like, you know, I thought, the, again, the moment worked really well, where she, she runs off crying uh, when he's singing Elvis, and, you know... Full, full of those little beats. Uh, there's a scene where she goes to see the uh, Joseph in the you know the theater, and it turns into a bit of a fight. He gets kind of aggressive, um, very entitled uh, as well. Emotions are running high, and I, I think the ultimately why Madeline keeps going back to see him to try and make it clear that it's over is is guilt. Like it's not so much that she really has to talk to Joseph again. It's that. Instead of talking to Ed, because that's the thing that's really scary, she'd rather, like, confront everything else around it to try and stop it from getting to Ed, or, you know, make her feel better about it, at least. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've talked about Jane's plot for the most part, because it's mostly connected to Celeste, but she has accepted date, and, you know, it, you know Ziggy seems happy to see, uh... Mr... Mr. Waiter, <laughs> whose name I can't remember. I don't think I've ever, ever learned his name. Uh, but, you know, uh, this seems like a nice, happy, happy date, and uh, she's all excited. I actually have to make a confession here about this. I, it wasn't until this episode where I saw them all in there, like, you know, getting ready and going to the party, where I realized, because I actually thought that, uh, what's her name, Woodley, Shailene? 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 Yeah, Shailene. Shailene Woodley. Uh, I actually didn't realize until this episode that she was in the opening credits, I thought that she wasn't there. Because the, you know, at the end of the opening credits, where they're all walking towards the camera, the the one that t turned out to be her, because now I see her that dressed up this way in this episode, I thought was like, I think she's a mum, one of the mums who's in the interview segments. And I, don't get me wrong, I thought it was weird that she was in this little walk thing at the end, and Shailene Woodley wasn't, given that she's such a major character. Uh, and I feel kind of silly now, but she, I genuinely did not recognize her in those opening credits. It wasn't until I actually saw her in that dress with that hair at the end of this episode where I went, oh, 
that was her. <laughs> she wasn't the opening titles the whole time. All right, because I recognized everyone else. Everyone else made sense to me. Um, but yeah, so I thought I'd confess that. Um, so no, I, like the show was great. The finale was great. Um, I just didn't like that twist. I didn't like that twist. It's not enough to like dampen it that much. Um, it doesn't affect the drama that we got between him and Celeste all season. It doesn't affect uh, other stuff. It's just a really cheap twist to me. Uh, and I think it would be stronger without it. I do. But, you know, and uh, there's, there's some more dick measuring with Nathan and Ed uh, fighting about who's the better singer and other stuff going on. Uh, but ult- ultimately, I think the big stuff, because it's, it's funny, cause if you pay, pay attention to the runtime, the party stuff starts maybe like 20 to 25 minutes in. So there's a good 30 minutes of the episode where that party's going on. Uh, they really spend a lot of time during it, but like I say, it's to its, its benefit because there's a lot of uh, tension and, you know, people, you know, mainly Perry and Celeste kind of running from each other and all sorts of things like that, uh, which really adds up to the to the entertainment value of the episode. But no, uh, the season, season's very good. Season is very, very, very good. It's got really strong characters who, you know, by the time I got to episode three, say, I was really starting to analyze them in, in really great ways. Um, uh, we should probably mention Abby decided not to go through with the the auction uh, because it was pointed out to her, as she says, that the controversy of what she's doing would actually overshadow the cause. Um, so she's she's chosen not to. But yeah, so it's a very closed off season though. So it makes me really curious about what season two is going to be. Uh, so presumably there'll be a completely new uh, mystery, maybe. Uh, if they even want to do a mystery because honestly the mystery part of this show was kind of the least relevant and least important like it really didn't matter that much like i i almost forgot about the mystery of the murder it's not really the important part of the show Uh, it's the the human drama and it's the i i guess the real question now is uh like but at the end of the show it feels like all the all the major mothers in the show all five of them are on on a good terms with each other uh, and there was so much conflict this season between Renata and some of the others, uh, and then you know Bonnie and Madeline obviously had their 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 wedge between them, which makes me think that uh, that Meryl Streep, who's in season two, it makes me think she has to be the wrench. <laughs> she has to be the wrench in the work. She has to be the character who comes in and damages the cam. You know, she has to be the one that causes some confrontations uh, whether or not she's just the villain and everyone else is against her or whether or not she drives a wedge between other people who's to say i don't know but that that would be my guess is that she's going to be you know co- you know causing some waves shall we say causing some waves um yeah oh i should, I should mention the similar guard gordon comes and tries to kind of threaten jane because of the uh the uh you know, the, the eye gouging, which Renata was already over, it's worth mentioning, but he had to show up and be like, Ugh, we'll get a restraining order on you, so don't do that again to my wife, blah, blah, blah. He was acting all, all manly, or he thinks he is anyway. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, Gordon, I thought, was a fairly sensible character up until this point, but this, this episode made him look a bit of a dick. Um, so that's a shame. Yeah, I, I, I think the husbands in this show are, are kind of interesting because... 
they they don't like make them all look like a bunch of obviously not let's not include perry in this because perry's of course a very particular character but you know i'm thinking ed nathan and gordon uh they, they all have faults uh they all have decent moments as well um but they they do have this sort of fun with them where they're, they're all you know clearly this is a show that's aimed and is based around the the female characters it very much is uh is very much about their struggles it's very much about uh their stories and the male characters are there to assist in that of course but it's interesting to me just sort of analyzing like how it frames them differently because it's not like because this is not me saying the female characters are all presented as perfect people they're not i mean hell most of what i talked about last episode was the 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 admission that they're not perfect and that's a big part of the story last episode especially madeline I, it's more so, so to me that in this story when it's important towards the end because the male characters are kind of like they don't know what's going on like none of them know about this like you know it's it's kind of the idea where when something serious happens everyone kind of sobers up and like sort of hopefully acts more responsible and grown up right um but they're 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 unaware they're, they're all you know nathan and ed are having a dick measuring contest gordon's like you know pointing these finger guns at uh the waiter because he upset him for kicking them out of the, the, the coffee shop and like all that's going on and the ladies are like in this serious situation and they have to like band together to protect themselves because ultimately in their time of need right now like their husbands are nowhere to be goddamn found <laughs> they, they, they're on their own they have to fight on their own and i think there was some message in there that, that's kind of uh empowering you know um like i i not so much it's not so much that like they're always going to have to fight on their own but the idea is that sometimes they're going to have to and they have the strength to do that and they shouldn't be afraid to admit they have the strength to do that um so i you know i, I think there's uh some really great themes in this this show um and obviously a lot of it was about lying hence the title big little lies so yeah there you go that's season one of big little lies hopefully um i feel like this was the worst review out of the seven i feel like i i spent so much time just trying to explain the plot of the first half of this that it wasn't as good to listen to but hopefully i offered some insights over the course of the season hopefully um i did the show some justice with my commentary uh but uh i will be back with season two very soon very very soon and i won't be alone i will be joined with tara who had already seen season one which is why she didn't do the season this season with me uh so that i could th- you know speculate and theorize and whatnot uh but she will be joining me for discussing season two uh with the exception of episode two because episode two uh she's, she's moving house so she'll be she'll be missing one week but uh she will be on board for season two so there'll be two of us uh talking back and forth uh which should hopefully make for even better reviews than than these were uh but yeah so hopefully you enjoyed these um so thank you very much for for watching or listening i always appreciate it uh let me know what you thought of the season in the comments below you can like and subscribe all that stuff uh get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates you can get me personally on twitter at wibble89 you can also, of course, support us over in patreon.com slash TV, where you can support us for as little as $1 per month, and that helps keep the reviews coming and also gets you some bonuses, some exclusives, all that kind of thing. Uh, go have a look and see if there's anything that tickles your fancy. Uh, as for other stuff we're doing, obviously Big Little Lies Season 2 is getting reviewed, which is obviously relevant to you if you're watching this. In terms of other content, um, me and Connor are reviewing The Handmaid's Tale Season 3. We also obviously did Season 1 and 2, so you can check out all those. And then next week 
uh, Tool to Die Young starts at Amazon on Amazon Prime, which me and Connor will also be reviewing. So uh, check out that uh, if, you, if you're interested in a artsy, uh, independent-looking TV show from Amazon uh, from Nicholas Winder Griffin, who directed Drive and Only God Forgives and Neon Demon. If that sounds appealing, and it does to me and Connor, then in for a ride. Uh, but that is that is me. Uh, so that'll be on this channel. The Netflix reviews, though, if you're doing a, if we're doing a Netflix show, are on the Mail Fuzz uh, Netflix... Or is it almost cancelled Netflix reviews? I think it's just Netflix original reviews, Mail Fuzz TV. I think that's what the feed's called. Anyway, that is me. So thank you once again for watching or listening. I always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?